Support comes from Clipper Vacations, offering getaways on the Clipper Fast Ferry to Victoria, B.C. Clipper Ferry and hotel packages from $250 per person. Enjoy historic charm, afternoon tea, and more. Terms and conditions apply. Details and booking at clippervacations.com. Hey, good morning. It's Patricia Murphy. It's Wednesday. This is Seattle Now. After the turkey gets cleared off the table this week, the Apple Cup is on. The long-standing rivalry game between the University of Washington Huskies and Washington State University Cougars kicks off for the 115th time on Saturday. It's a year of lasts for the two teams as UW prepares to leave the Pac-12 for a higher profile. Seattle Now producer Vaughn Jones is here to tell us all about the history of the rivalry and how to get in on the fun. But first, let's get you caught up. The city of Burien is bumping up against a Monday deadline to accept or lose a million dollars from King County to help its homeless residents. The offer of the money, along with 35 pallet shelters, has been on the table for six months. But the city council can't seem to agree on a location. This week, Burien City Council members voted to ask for an extension on the money, which Publicola reports the county declined. The council will hold a Monday meeting, but unless something changes, it seems the offer will expire. Zhang Pen Zhao, founder of cryptocurrency giant Binance, pleaded guilty in a Seattle federal court yesterday to charges he failed to prevent money laundering at his business. Zhao will step down from running the company, but suggested in a social media post the company will continue operating without him. Prosecutors say more than a million illegal transactions occurred on Binance between 2017 and 2022. The company pleaded three related criminal counts and agreed to pay $4.3 billion in penalties. And Seattle-based art collective Exo Seattle announced its dissolution yesterday. It paused operations this summer after multiple women accused founding partner Austin Bellamy Hicks of sexual misconduct. Bellamy Hicks stepped down from Exo shortly after. A post on the collective's Instagram says the other founders attempted to find ways to keep the collective going but couldn't find a path forward. For a lot of people in Washington, it's tradition to gather around the TV on Thanksgiving weekend with family and friends to watch the Apple Cup, one of college football's longest-running rivalries. If you're hardcore, you brave the cold and tailgate for one of the biggest games of the year down in Pullman or up here in Seattle. But this year, things are different. This Saturday will mark the 115th meeting between the University of Washington and Washington State University football teams. It's also the last ever Apple Cup, where the two teams will share a conference and the last time the cup will be played on Thanksgiving weekend. If you have a passionate Coug or Husky in your life, take note. You definitely want to check on them this weekend. Big shakeups are coming to college athletics, but one thing remains true. The rivalry between UW and WSU is a pretty big deal. Seattle Now sports correspondent Vaughn Jones is here to talk about it and give you some tips before you tune in. Vaughn, glad you're here. Thanks for taking the time. Yeah, of course. It's uh, it's quite literally my job. All right, so this is the last Apple Cup that's going to be played on Thanksgiving weekend. For people who haven't been following this drama, why is this tradition ending? Yeah, we talked about this way back in August uh, when it was first announced that UW would be leaving the Pac-12 Athletic Conference in favor of the Big Ten after this season. College football every year does something called Rivalry Weekend, 
it's the weekend of Thanksgiving every year, but you have to be in the same conference to play each other at that time of year. And so UW moving then jeopardizes that. If you're still looking for someone to hate on Thanksgiving weekend, UW will likely replace this weekend game with Oregon every year, who they moved with. So you can always default to uh, hating our neighbors down south. (laughs) All right. So after this year, they're not in the same conference anymore. Well, we see these two teams play each other again, though. Yeah, that's a great question. Officially, yes. As of this past weekend, the big news is that the universities agreed to a five-year continuation of the Apple Cup. College football is weird in that you have to be intentional about agreeing to matchups with teams outside of your conference. And all of those games happen at the beginning of the season during something called non-conference play. So next September, UW and Washington State are going to play at Lumen Field. And then four Septembers after that, they'll trade off between Pullman and Seattle. A lot of people say, and I kind of agree, that it takes a lot of air out of the matchup. When these teams play in September, it's not going to feel like the Apple Cup. This is supposed to be late in the season. There's drama involved. And so moving it to September when the games just kind of mean less, uh, it really does. It kind of takes the wind out of the sails a little bit, which is it's a bummer. All right. Well, I'm not particularly sportsy, but I do know about big matchups like the Army-Navy game and stuff like that. Are these rivalries in college football common? What's unique about the Apple Cup? Yeah, one of my favorite things in sports is finding the poetry in little things. When these two teams first matched up in 1900, the game ended in a 5-5 to tie. You cannot tie in college football anymore. I think having 114 matchups under your belt is a pretty big deal, uh, even if things have been a little bit lopsided in favor of the University of Washington. I wanted to find an accessible metaphor for people without being pejorative. My apologies to the Cougs fans in our office, (laughs) but the metaphor that you have to settle on for this rivalry in specific is big brother and little brother. Washington has won 75 out of 114 matchups, although Washington State did win a couple of seasons ago. But wins and losses aside, I think what makes this rivalry interesting is that neither of these teams is in the true upper echelon of college football. These are not Alabama. These are not USC. These are two teams that are duking it out, not for glory on some massive stage. It is just strictly about (laughs) bragging rights between the two biggest college football programs in Washington. That is really what it is about. All right. Well, small pond, right? Small pond small in pond, that way. Big game. Exciting game. Yeah. Yeah. All right. But UW's having a really good season this year. So are the Huskies actually expected to come away with a win? UW has been fantastic this year. They're undefeated after 11 games. The other big development uh, for UW this past weekend on top of announcing an extension for the Apple Cup is that they were ranked number four in the AP Top 25, which ranks teams across college football. That ranking decides who makes the college football playoff, which is like the biggest stage in football. You play a game on New Year's Day. It's a it's a big, big thing. There are only four teams that get that honor. So being number four, UW is currently projected to be one of them. The last time a Pac-12 team made the college football playoff was the 2016 Huskies. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been a while since that's happened. So in short, UW is expected to come away with a win. But rivalry week is the most chaotic week in college football. Teams come in really most motivated to beat Big Brother sometimes in that way. And so anything could happen. And that's why you tune in. You know, you can win a game on paper, but that's why you got to play the games. All right. Well, if I do want to tune in, who should I be looking for? Yeah, absolutely. Even if you're not well-versed in football, you know that things run through the quarterback. 
Michael Penix <laughs> Jr. is UW's man under center. Seen He's that been, name? Yes, consistently great this year. He's a candidate for the Heisman Trophy, which is given to the best player in college football. His favorite target is wide receiver Rome Odunze. This guy is like really special. This Tell is me. a this is a guy who is probably going to be a top ten pick for the NFL this coming year. Oh, wow. He's very tall. He's very strong. He's very fast, and he just makes these really interesting and dynamic plays. He had two touchdowns against Oregon State last week, and he will. I, I don't want to guarantee it because again, you know, it's on paper. But I think he'll have a really big game against Washington State. Washington State's quarterback is Cam Ward. He's been solid himself. This is his second year with Washington State. He's very fast, so Mm -hmm. he's liable to kind of get the ball and run it himself rather than trying to pass it off to a running back or throw. A lot of Washington State's best players are on the defensive side of the ball, so look for that side to kind of put up a fight against UW's offense, which has been one of the best in college football this year. All right. Well, this year's Apple Cup is in Seattle, Alaska Airlines Field at Husky Stadium. What should I expect? What's the vibe going to be like, Vaughn? Yeah, I think it's going to be electric. Not to, not to brag. I will be observing the vibe from the press box on Saturday. <laughs> I'm incredibly excited. The Huskies are drawing some really solid crowds this year. And I think as the year has gone along and people have noticed that they are more and more real, a potential college football playoff team, that's when people really start to like show up and show out. It's easier to cheer and to be excited when a team is as good as UW has been this year. I also think because it is the last ever Thanksgiving Apple Cup, there are going to be people really coming out of the woodwork. I think that tailgate is going to be absolutely insane. Yeah. here in the U District. It can sometimes feel silly to say because at the end of the day, it's you know it's a game, they're throwing a ball around, whatever. But people really care about this stuff. Sports fandom is about sense of place and personal identity. And where you went to school is a really massive deal. And we have a lot of people here, especially in Seattle, who are UW grads. We have a lot of people in Washington who are, who are Cougs. And so we're all going to come together please nobody fight anybody, but have a really, really good time. (laughs) Yeah, I think everybody's going to be super excited. And we did this with the Mariners back in September. One of the hardest things about getting into sports is sounding like a sports fan. What is the lingo I need to know when I sit down to watch this game? Yeah, of course. I think the easiest way to kind of fit in here is use some nicknames for these teams. You shouldn't call them the University of Washington mm. or Washington State right. University. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shorthand is an important thing for a fan. As we've said in this episode, you have UW, you have the Huskies, you have the dogs. Go dogs. Go dogs. Um, and then for WSU, a lot of people use the term Cougs. I don't think Wazoo is in style anymore. I don't think that's something that a mm. lot of students say, but that is a shorthand nickname that some people may use. There's a history in this rivalry of insult the fine town of Pullman, Washington. I will not stoop to that level, but I will quote UW quarterback Chris Chandler from 1987, who said, no matter what happens, they have to go back to Pullman, and I feel sorry for them. I think Pullman's a very fine town. Yeah, fine town. I, you know, I, <laughs> no matter what, wherever you're at, if, if it's on the TV, if you've got friends and family who care about it, even if you have no skin personally in the game, it's important to, to pick a side and root and get excited. And, and even if it's something you don't feel particularly passionate about, just go for it and enjoy it because this is a really big, really big deal as the last ever Thanksgiving Apple Cup. Yeah. If you're ever going to join in on the party, I guess this is the farewell party you should definitely join in mm-hmm. on, at least for this particular game. Vaughn Jones, producer here and Seattle Now sports correspondent. Thanks so much for your time. Really glad you did this. Yes. Yeah, so, so happy to be here. 
Thanks for listening to Seattle Now. Today's episode was produced and reported by Vaughn Jones. Give them a high five if you see them at Husky Stadium this weekend. Our production team also includes Caroline Chamberlain Gomez, Claire McGrain, and Jenny Cecil Moore. Matt Jorgensen does our theme music. Seattle Now and KUOW Public Radio are members of the NPR Network. It's an independent coalition of public media podcasters. You can find more shows in the network wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Patricia Murphy. Have a great Thanksgiving, whatever that means for you. See you Monday. Seattle in the 90s. A tidal wave of iconic music roars out of this sleepy city and launches a pop culture revolution. Here's a story you haven't heard. Let the Kids Dance is a new podcast about the rise and fall of Seattle's teen dance ordinance, the law that made it illegal for young people to go to concerts. A story of moral panic, grassroots activism, and an unstoppable music community that fought for its freedom. Listen to Let the Kids Dance from KUOW and the NPR Network.